The Trials of Apollo, The Burning Maze, Chapter 9. Collect call from horse. Do you accept the charges? Nay, yay, 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 yay. Oh, villainy. Please explain to me why I always end up falling into dumpsters. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Ava, Neve, how are we? We're okay. Um, oh, sorry, I might. I was trying to crack my back. Um, we're okay. Doing doing well. I'm still reading. Did I tell you guys about the bad book that I'm reading? No. No. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm reading a really bad um, mystery book right now, and um, it's one of those bad books that it's like it's now bad enough to be like, eh, but it's like just bad enough to be like I can read this thoughtlessly at any time of day anywhere I am and and have an absolute blast um so I'm really enjoying my bad book um I at the moment I'm I'm chilling yeah working a decent amount but making good money the wage that they pay me at the Bath and Body Works is great um that's that's about it how are you how are you guys how are you Neve? Oh, the lives I have lived today. Today was like supposed to be such a normal, like, you know, when you go to work for a double, you're like, this is my day. Like, this is my whole day. I will be here. And then lunch was so slow and they needed people, they needed someone to close. So they were like, how about we let you go at 1.30 and you come back at four. And so then I had like a weird, like two and a half, like three hour break where I like came home and like did computer work and it was so like it made my day so strangely disjointed but otherwise like it was all good it was just like oh the lives I've lived today I was on the bus coming home I was like I'm on this bus again like I'm on the bus four times today (laughs) I was not anticipating that um but I'm doing good um I have been doing good this is like the the longest to think that Halloween was a week ago is crazy. Longest. Oh my God. Ever. I cannot believe that like literally a single week ago was like the holiday of Halloween. Did we even release an episode last week? Yeah, we did on Halloween. We recorded on Halloween. Yeah. That's what we did with our Halloween. I went, uh, it's been so long. The longest week, but like a good week. Good week. Just, yeah. Just kind of a busy busy exhausting week exhausting yeah you know that's the word for it Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's oh that's another way of that's another how i'm doing i'm I'm a little exhausted but that's okay i have two days off in a row tomorrow though from my restaurant but it's okay because that is a lot less effort yeah (laughs) like going to like my restaurant job so i'm very excited to have two days off of that and you have the past weekend kind of off a little too so yeah. you're kind of you kind of looked out accidentally on where you're I know it's really weird um they keep put it it's because I like can only have a certain amount of shifts per week and when they schedule me as doubles like that counts for two shifts so then mm-hmm. if I can only have like five to six a week and I'm doing two in one day Real. that leaves a day open that's, yeah that's solid so 
Slay, how are you, Brayden? I'm actually pretty good. I'm not tired for once. Wow, good it's like for a you. long time. I really used my weekend, aka Monday and Tuesday, <laughs> productively, meaning I worked nine to five my <laughs> other jobs, but didn't have to do my theater job. So like I caught up on, I cleaned the house a lot. I did laundry. I did a lot of cooking. Um, today was particularly, I I put on most of season six of Beverly Hills in the background while I did my remote work today. Um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, to clarify. Um, just like if you thought it was like Beverly Hills 90210 or something, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then I just like cooked a bunch and I felt very productive. I was like, this is the appeal of a nine to five because I did a whole thing and then I had so much time left in my day. <laughs> it was oh. like, wow, we're recording at 1030. That's like five hours from now. I know. I always feel that when I work morning shifts. I'm like, I have, the world is my oyster. I know. Yeah. I talked to my coworkers about The Real Housewives today. You did. I did because they were all talking about it and they all have like various. It is crazy. I feel like we're all watching Housewives Housewives and no one's talking about it. They were talking about because like they all watch like different franchises. Yes. Yeah. Like I have people at work too that like, but most people at work I know have like like Jersey or Atlanta. Most of them watch Jersey and Atlanta. A lot of people around here watch Jersey. um, Orange County. Yeah, and I was like, "Let me put y'all on, on to Salt Lake City." Like, you guys don't even understand; these women are committing crimes. And they were like, "Really?" I was like, "Please, if you're ever bored, like, please go watch Salt Lake yeah. City." These women hate each other. They are literally criminals. It's so entertaining. The way I got me hooked on the because I was that's impressive like, because yeah, the the New York. Well, I really like. A lot of the girls, it wasn't super exciting. The phone thing was interesting, but like stupid. Mm-hmm. Nothing interesting. Salt Lake City girls be committing crimes. No, I'm not surprised. They're like hit. They are yelling at each other in public spaces. They, they have, don't like each other. They don't like each other. None of them all. like each other. That's the thing. The girls in New York do like each other. Yeah. Like they're like they get annoyed with each other sometimes. They fight and then like, they make up. They're willing to work it out. They are not willing to work it out on Salt Lake City. They're just contractually obligated to keep seeing each other. Exactly. I'm very impressed that you got Neve to like Real Housewives because I remember. Or oh, was it The Bachelor that you hated? No, she doesn't the like bachelor The Bachelor. Is the worst show. No, in- I don't. Don't worry. I also hate The Bachelor. We I, were, just, I, I remember sitting in your guys' apartment watching it being like, this is the worst television it show. Is. It's brain rot. This is so... I like. I really got into that one season, though. And I, I, I can't understand that because, like, I get into the worst shows ever. Like, I love terrible TV. I do you do Love Island? No, actually. You well, should. Well, so I, okay, I watched a season of Love Island when in sophomore year of college with like the people that I was living with um loved it but it's a show that you watch as a group you know what I mean fair fair but it's but it's also like Island is like kind of the big brother effect of like there's simply too much of this per week for me to like be 
Yeah, like that's fair. Trying. I like. I wish I. Could get I want to start Big Brother. Big Brother. I love Big Brother on TikTok. I like really fall into like the TikTok. If you ever have like a summer to yourself, and or if you want to like binge something interesting to watch, Big Brother live is like a full-time job yes it is because they air like four episodes a week and like you can go on cbs plus and like watch live yeah. feeds it's insane and I, I drag race is not dissimilar i feel like when drag yeah. race is when when mainline drag race is on it is all i'm thinking about yeah for the, yeah. those couple months but like the the tan- tangentials like don't get me that much like I yeah I can't we, we fell off UK I know we should, should get back on it. we should watch it it wasn't bad no um no especially two season two was great yeah but I want to get into wait sorry no you go okay on the topic of Big Brother which I also want to get into I really I just feel like in my destiny lies the amazing race yeah, um, it does. That makes sense for you. Yeah. Like I know I'd love it because first of all, like sur- like Survivor has become my comfort show. I love Survivor, you guys. Oh, just so many shapes and colors, same form with just enough difference. Crazy people. Um, love it. Really pretty uh scenic. So I just know the amazing race is gonna be similar, except it's like a race like that's it's like marker. Yeah. I I do think I would also like the Amazing Race. I do like Survivor. Yes. I don't enjoy watching the actual like competition parts of it. Oh, that, I love. That. I know that's. I think that's why Housewives like really fits my my niche. Drag Race I like because the competitions are also things I separately like the like fashion and like acting challenges and comedy like and dance mm-hmm. like those are things I'm separately interested in right. but like out of a reality show I'm kind of mostly looking for drama mm, and housewives is only that yeah like I, think I, I don't I don't have to watch them solve a puzzle to fight each other see I like the half and half <laughs> fair but, but yeah but I respect that I I I do like Big Brother challenges a little bit because they're really nonsensical. Mm. And I do respect I that. I haven't a seen bit. a single episode of it. Um I've never watched a full season like start to finish, but I've watched a lot of content of Big Brother on TikTok like I've had. I, I watched know. a full season start to finish with my sister because my sister loves Big Brother. That makes sense. Um, like she'll fully like she'll get into it and she was like, you just have to. And like it's you start every episode and you're like, this is useless. But then by like six minutes in, you're like, and I think the strategy is like it's actually like a really interesting premise for a show. I do oh yeah. Think the amount of episodes that they air per week is like criminal. Like I think yes. that it would be a lot more appealing to a wider audience if they it's just hard cut it down to even yeah. two, because like the three or four that they're airing every week is crazy. And I get that. It's There's live. also a constant live stream. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. It's because it's like actually happening like that moment. Of, it, it's, it's really interesting though. Yeah. It's like, there is like a lot of like strategic, it's like the simplest game that has like the crazy it is like, strategic thinking. It is Hmm. only the like strategy part of survivor yeah and okay. they do i love that they, they have little challenges which is my favorite part of survivor am, am i about to describe big brother i'll try and wrap it up fast it's like basically 
they put a whole bunch of people in a house for the summer together. They cut them off from the world. Like when the COVID-19 pandemic happened, they had to like inform the big brother house that like, cause they were completely cut off from everything. Wow. That's <laughs> so funny. They like put them in this like gigantic mansion. Um, and they have competitions. They would have been safer staying in it. I think they might've. I, I, I can't remember. Um, but yeah. they, uh, they like have competitions to have people basically each week, someone becomes the head of household. And that is like a survivor esque competition. It's normally, it's a lot simpler. Like it, it's nothing like put the ball in. The yeah. Hole. Nothing puts you in danger. Yeah. It's, it's like silly little games. Oh, like oh, it's oh. basically like a drag race mini challenge. They, they but uh, like recently on, on the current season, they dressed up like ants and like had to protect their like, nests yeah it's a really easy game but like that the winner of that game becomes head of household and then the head of household nominates two people to be like the choices to be eliminated Mm. that week and it's based off nothing like it's you literally just go on there and you're like so it's like drag okay okay okay. it's like all social game and then there's also like these little challenges where you can win head of household you win like there's another like uh mini challenge us thing where you can win a veto power to like take someone off the block um and like basically you form alliances it's a really really interesting game because there is like no structure to it it's just like these people are going in a house and if you don't like someone you can just vote them out for fun like they like it's a really interesting game that way but it's just it's happening live and they air like four episodes a week so you just have to like be paying attention all the time if you watch the season live great show to binge though because it's all right there. I feel like we should catch up with this season of Big Brother now. <laughs> it's really interesting. It's a really interesting show. Like huh? it seems like crazy for. I really want to watch the season. I've seen so much online of the season that Courtney Act was on a Big Brother uh, celebrity. She was yeah. no fucking way. Oh, or God. like Big Brother Australia celebrity. Like, and yeah. I also love that clip from um, Big Brother UK celebrity. That is, um, where it's like David Bowie's sister, and she's like, David just died, and uh, it's Tiffany, uh, New York Pollard, and she's like, and there's another guy in the house named David, and she's freaking out because she's like, David just died, and just look it up, it's really funny. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not describing it well, but I, I just like search David died, big brother, <laughs> um. Now I have to watch it. Maybe during our ad break, we'll do a viewing. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, but based on the fact that you're not responding with hilarity, you don't know what I'm talking about. Responding with hilarity. Welcome back to Return to the Apocalypse. <laughs> we haven't started diversion. the episode yet. Um, Earth. Uh, this week we'll be discussing the Trials of Apollo, the Burning Maze, chapters 9 through 12, through the theme of leadership. Neve, are you ready to summarize for like, us this week? Like, not at all. Well, you have a minute, because I haven't pulled up the timer, okay. but now okay. I have, so go. Okay, so the, the, the store blows up, and then they, they hide in the dumpster while a talking horse, um, like, chats about the explosion, and then they get in the car, in Coach Hedge's car, which has miraculously survived this explosion, and drive back to the greenhouses where they report the news, and basically we get the big moment where Apollo finally reveals to everyone, even though he's known this entire time and has gotten so much, like, proof, that it's Caligula as the the emperor that they're fighting this time um and then uh we still don't get full context as to why piper's like family is like kind of in 
limbo with Coach Hedge and his wife, but basically they're going to go find them because Piper and Jason might know something crazy that's uh, describing what's happening in the maze. You did really well for chapters that so much happens in. I know. I did miss the entire Meg backstory. I know. I know. Uh, It's just like we have to end where they're going. Basically, the point is Meg's dad is like a plant scientist who has plants that that the driver doesn't want him to have. So they blew up his house that used to be Which was crazy. Which was was crazy. And like really well written not being like these books are good we love them they're not like pulitzer prize winning literature you know but like the meg flashback i was like this this is writing this is shakespeare this is literature yeah especially the part the part where she was like um or i guess it was a Apollo narrating as as per usual, but where where he was like, um, and then like when we were a few yards down the hill, the house burst into flames or something, and I was like, oh my god, the sound and the fury, like is this William Faulkner? Like I was, oh my god, no, it literally, was, yeah. like Jane Austen, who, right, right. Um, uh, what songs did we bring this week? Okay, I have an honorable mention, and then I have my real one. My honorable mention is where my brain went when I thought of how happy I was that Piper was coming back. And the honorable mention is Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. Because I just feel like she would say, bitch, I said what I said. I I just, yeah. Um, Be famous instead. Um, I love it. I think it's so funny and I think it's so cunty and it's so her, but Piper's not there yet. So I chose Gasoline by Maniskin, which is, to me, it's super about Caligula being the worst (laughs) because it's, it's literally like a criticism of like Putin's invasion of Ukraine, um, which is wild, but the premise is basically like how do you sleep at night? Like, how do you like living with all of those lives on your hands? Like that kind of stuff. And like, we're not about to downplay all the crazy shit that Caligula did. Um, because he was incredibly fucked up. So we're going to start on that note. Work. Period. So funny that I forgot to mention, or I guess I just didn't have time to mention the Meg thing because my song is kind of about that. Um, it's with it's from an album that I have a difficult relationship with. Um, <laughs> the debut album from Fizz, which is like Orla Gartland, uh, Dodie Clark, and Friends. Yes, difficult relationship with this album because I, it's actually like pretty good. Like it's a pretty solid album with like really fun sound. That's a lot more rock inspired. The song that I'm picking is Lights Out. Um, uh, I it I won't get into like the lyrics really talk about like ha- the same kind of like relationship that Meg used to have with um, her father and like missing that. And that's pretty much it. But this album is also, I feel like Meg would really like the like general aesthetic of this band. And I have a complicated relationship with it because I don't. 
Really? And I'm literally so annoyed about it. Are because I the, like I love Orla. I love Dodie, like two of my favorite artists. And when I saw they were coming out with this band, I was like, oh my God, this looks pretentious and annoying. But then the album was like good. And I was like, okay, I have such a complicated relationship with this, but I think Meg would vibe. I love their music. And uh our mutual friend, previous guest on this podcast, Gretchen, uh, mm-hmm. loves this band. I know. And recommended them to me. And I was like, you're right. I do like them. The music. I don't listen to them actively, but the I was like, I like this. really good. This, this album's music is really, really cool. But Gretchen does have Meg vibes. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Like, it's, still no hate. it's no hate to any of them. I just, the, when I saw the aesthetic, I was like, oh. I don't like this at all. But then I listened to the album and I was like, this and the album doesn't even really reflect like how they're like dressing and acting, which I was like, this is so interesting. But overall, good listen. Listen to the album. And I then, still need to. Then browse their socials and decide for yourself if you like the, the aesthetic that they're going for. For oh some reason, God. it did not melt with me. Um I'm about to tonal shift and my choice of song got real serious because I was real caught up in and taken aback by the real loss of innocence in Meg's childhood. Um, Seeing her at like five and like so joyful and like appreciative of the world Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing how much that is broken and how much abu- abuse she suffers following these moments. Uh, I chose Never Grow Up, Taylor's version. Um, Never Grow I'm Up tell you. by Taylor Swift is the saddest song ever in. Most devastating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing, yeah. like literally, I'm going to start crying, like thinking about it. <laughs> like you, if I need to cry, that is the song. It's on. Yeah. You have problems with your inner child? Yes, I'm certain you do. We all do. Listen to that song and not cry. Literally. Don't cry, I dare you. It is an emotional turmoil. Um, Nothing quite is disturbing as that song, except maybe these chapters. (laughs) It's like... A perfect match. Meg's story is so depressing. It's so sad. so fucking sad. And it's sprinkled throughout. Ha ha. I'm this gay little god who's a human now. Tee hee hee, I'm learning empathy. This gay little like god. I've been abused since I was seven. I also, it's like, this is now transitioning into like favorite moments, I guess, just because now we're just talking about this. But like this, the fact, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, could I even, when I was 13, like pull up a memory from when I was five or six? Probably not. And the I can remember when I was five or six. Fuck you. Okay, like a couple things, but like these were like detailed, like a full, you know, a full saga. And it just made me think about how she probably remembers them because it was the last time that she like had happy moments. And I was like, this is so upsetting. Like well written, but just so upsetting. That's so upsetting. That made me sad. <laughs> the accent. That is so upsetting. Yeah, I loved that chapter. It was yeah. great. I also loved Piper coming back at the end. Me too. I'm so excited. Oh, I, I, I have a quote of what I like. Actually, maybe I can just, it's the section. 
<laughs> it's like Melly is talking about um Piper and Jason. It's like she thought she this is Piper, about Piper. She thought she found a way to reach the center. She went exploring with that boy, Jason. That boy. My finely tuned senses told me Millie was not happy with Jason Grace. <laughs> Neither are any of us. Neither are any of us. I literally read that moment and was like screenshotted it. That was so good. No one likes you. Go die. <laughs> we all hate you. And like she Melly seems to be the pinnacle of trust, honestly. So yeah. I my last moment is about Melly. I won't go there. I love her. She's great. I love her so I much. I love her. She is my Brita Martis of this book. She is she I am standing. She's literally she is a mother. She is a mother. She is a mother. I love her. Her and Chuck. We learned the na- baby's name. The, the fact the that baby it's being Chuck. Named Chuck. Okay. <laughs> the fact that it's Chuck is actually the most Gleason hedge thing I've ever fucking heard in my entire Yes. He named his baby. After Chuck Norris. Oh my no god. No baby's named Chuck. No baby you look at and say, mm, Chuck. Chuck. Because <laughs> that's you know, rude. You know, and you know what? Babies don't have friends to begin with. No, they don't. And the baby surely isn't making friends if it's named Chuck. Yeah. Ever since we said that, like so many different babies, we've been like, it doesn't have friends. I've been surprised <laughs> last week how many times babies have come up <laughs> in, in order for me to make this joke. But it gets, it's gotten me every time. I almost made <laughs> I almost made the joke at work the other day, and I was like, this is not funny to you because you don't know the context That's of babies don't, don't have friends. Because <laughs> they don't. I mean, it's, it's just honesty. Yeah. Uh, Let's take a break. (laughs) All right. For the record, we did on the break watch the video and it's great. Thank you. I feel vindicated. (laughs) Um, Leadership. Let's talk about leadership. (laughs) I don't know why you said it like that. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that either. Folded after that <laughs> leadership and then like cocooned in. Um, where do we want to go first? I would like to talk about Grover. I would also like to talk yes, about I was thinking why that. I chose the theme. Yeah. Because yes. Grover. It also applies to other stuff, but particularly that's what I want us to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Dang. He I, I, I wish that was all, all I said. You're, you're like, I would like to talk about Dang. Grover. <laughs> he is but i think that this is just so not a role that we ever saw him in in the original series of like getting to be the a true leader of something that we paid attention to i think it's like the biggest thing yeah because like, he was doing this behind was, the scenes he was doing this behind the scenes but we finally actually get to like see it like firsthand mm-hmm. when normally it was like and grover's off to do this but percy is like not involved in that at all um yeah, yeah and yeah. i also just think it these chapters like kind of touched a little bit on like the fact that grover had to like just grow a lot on his own mm-hmm. like just like repeated mentions of like that he like of Percy and Annabeth but him not seeing them for a while and like 
making all these accomplishments by himself, I thought was such a sweetie little thing to see from the growth of his character who like was never truly like reliant on anyone, but like he so heavily based his self-worth in like being able to protect. He was such a foil. He was like, like archetype Lancer for Percy's character. Yeah. So like getting to see him take this time up by himself to like grow into this leader and like have such a place of authority and like respect is so so sweet i agree and like again we haven't read the recent books that have come out because we're catching up with these books we'll get there eventually I'm like this close to just finishing them all. Like, cause I just like want to read these books. <laughs> oh, that people sent I know. Out. We're like not that, that far. We aren't. Because it takes like maybe like two months for us to finish yeah. a book. So we're pretty well, close to catching up with the um, sun and the star and mm-hmm. then the chalice of the gods. Um, but I want a Grover book. I don't want a trio book. You I want a it. Grover book. I want a Grover book placed like where during yes. during Heroes of Olympus. Like what's going on? I would say even during the original books. That's true. He's yeah, missing for so he's like, I'm off recruiting POV. nature spirits. Yeah. True. Grover POV. Grover POV. You know how they did um the Twilight books, but from Edward's POV for no reason. Yeah, no one asked. Maybe, maybe, maybe no. you did. No a lot of people did ask. I just hadn't really <laughs> met them until recently. <laughs> really? Who? Yikes. A lot. Of, well, A, my roommate. A lot. <laughs> B, I, for some reason, Chicagoans love Twilight. Oh. Were either of you Twilight girls? No. No, I wasn't. I never was. No, because you guys were into Percy Jackson. Twilight was like fandom for people who weren't ready to commit. You know? <laughs> that, no, that's fucking real. I, I, I don't was like such. I was also talking about that at work today, that I was such a like, I, I was a diehard Percy Jackson because they were talking about Harry Potter stuff. And I was like, yeah, I didn't really read Harry Potter. I was only, I was a Percy Jackson girl. And they were like, well, I read both. And I was like, no, for some reason, I picked one and stuck to it. Like, I picked those books, and I was like, nothing will ever... That makes a lot of sense. ...read another work other than these books. Um, and then I read The Hunger Games and finally broke the cycle. Real. Eve, that's how you watch TV. It is how I watch TV, literally. It's been since the beginning. <laughs> I, I just don't... read The Last Olympian over and over and over again. I don't see. I love the last one. I love Percy Jackson, obviously, but like, I don't get it because I was also such a Hunger Games girly and such a like the 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 um. I'm I hate that I'm gonna say this, but it's just what's gonna come out of my mouth. The juice therein is in all of them mixed together. Like, is in the the multiverse. I I see what you're saying. Like, that's the I, fun. I was also a girl that was like, all of these books coexist. Like, I'm here for the like, right, Infinity War, Secret War, Wars, Multiverse of Madness of right. Kingdom. Like, I mean, Hunger Games was hard to like reconcile with anything else because I was like, this does is set specifically not in the time yeah. everything else was, but like 
real easy for you to convince yourself that Harry Potter and Percy Jackson coexisted. Yeah, just different countries, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) The Uh, British? They don't care about the Greek gods. Yeah. Too busy colonizing things. (laughs) Oh. Um, The Hunger Games were so good. Hunger Games were so good. Oh, Who's... Never mind. What? What? Are you if you, you're just saying who's excited for the new movie? Like we can be we can be excited for the new movie. And okay. Not, <laughs> also, don't they have a waiver? They actually do have. They also have a have a waiver somehow. Somehow. That was going to be my question. Yeah. Um, very excited. Viola I, Davis looks so good. So good. Viola Davis. I really thought that it was coming out this weekend, but it's fully not. It's coming out. Next yeah. Weekend. No. And yeah. that was like kind of devastating news. I no. was going to see it full price this weekend. This weekend is the Marvels. Mm. Yeah. I'm also excited for it. Yeah. Off the record. Anyway, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying to backtrack through the thought. Like I had a thought that had to Grover. do. Grover. No, but it didn't have to do with Grover. It was somewhere in between, in, in, our, in the middle of our tangent, but we'll never know now. Leadership. Oh, it was about fan. It was something about fandom. Oh, oh, it was that. <laughs> I saw there. There was a trending order this week on uh, Twitter that was X Men and then murdered and then J K Rowling and I went. That is what happened to me. I went. Yeah. It took me a while, but like, because Harry Potter was my number one. My ride or die. If you cannot I tell, I have black hair and glasses. This is, it's pretty, pretty obvious for yeah. me. Um, but, and I don't even think I would relate to Harry. I think I'm more of a Ron, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think I'm any of From the movies. Like, sure. I've never read the books though. Yeah. Um, but, I lost my train of thought. Oh, but when um, J.K. Rowling came out as being the worst person in the world, uh, I have lost my ability to enjoy Harry Potter, like, almost at all, um, which is really sad. We don't talk about how sad it is as, like, like, those books were so important to me. And, like, I still, like, own my Harry Potter books, and they're on my shelf, but I don't, like, reread them every year like I used to. Um, I might like watch the movies, a movie once in a while and still enjoy it, but it's like, it's really not the same, which is really crazy. But I will say X-Men is, is something that it took a while, but like stepped in and filled that like void for me is like, I feel like, and I'm sorry about this with Neve the the other day and Percy Jackson is this too, but because we do this podcast, Percy Jackson is like also a job, not like, you know, like I I don't, I don't want to engage with it a ton outside of this podcast because I want to like save my thoughts on Percy Jackson for this podcast. Right. Um, But like X-Men is like the thing I like, everyone needs a thing they think about constantly. Like, like that, like really like core fandom thing for themselves. And that can be like sports for people that can be entertainment. Like it can be different things. And I'm like, I'm very happy because for a while I was like, lost without harry potter you know yeah and like i'm glad that i found have found solace in the x-men um yeah. 
So it's like if we're if anyone out there who's pretending they don't have a thing that is like that, they're lying. You're just trying to be different because if your thing is video games, if your thing is sports, you're just misogynistic. The girlies love being in a fandom, and that's oh yeah. I think I feel like I think I operate a little differently in that like for me those periods of time happen in quicker succession. Um. I think it's quite literally just because of my physical diagnosis of like ADHD, whatever hyperfixation is like very real, but like mine just move on more quickly, but, but it's not like they get dropped. Like, it's just that I accumulate more things to think about and it rocks. (laughs) So. But like, you always have those like core foundational things too, that you'll always go back to. Yeah. The girlies love a fandom. The girlies love a fandom. The girlies love a fandom argue with the wall. Why are you so proud? Right? I also, like, I was, I saw a TikTok about this this week that was, like, stressing the importance of, this is also, like, it was kind of in a fan cam form, but, like, it really kind of hit. And I was, like, this is weird. But I was, like, it was reminding me how actually important and supportive fandom communities were like when we were in middle school on tumblr they were so much fun because like there were they're obviously also wacky yeah yeah like they're obviously like negative things to it but like particularly i'm saying this as someone who is not a woman (laughs) but like the in the like 2014 to like 2013 to 2016 i'll say Emphasis on, like, female lead characters was so revolutionary. The Katniss's, the, I'll say, say Triss, <laughs> but, like, Hermione, Annabeth, like, these are, like, and the, what they spawned on fandom Tumblr, even more beyond the media, is, like, we saw a way for, even broadly, like, people who are not cis straight white men started to identify with fandom in a way that they couldn't before when like we didn't have the internet and you're just like I see this movie and I don't see myself in this movie and I let it go but fandom allowed everyone to see the find their positionality because you find that one character who like maybe in a line is gay and you're like I can there's a whole fan space on the internet that like will flesh out this for me right yeah. i think uh, i mean i'm not a harry potter girly as we have established but i think all the time we've totally done I'm, I'm happy with this conversation though i think all the time about that um that fan fiction about the like the Marauders fan. The Marauders fan Marauders. for Harry Potter about like their parents and how I have never seen a like fan base of something so quickly and like effectively just pick up and like move on from the original creator of the media and be like, actually, we only like this thing that was like nothing to do with you now. Yeah. Um, but like that was all created because of fan spaces i yeah. think that was literally like uploaded oh, to yeah. net. like i think that was like a public like something that was on a step above wattpad and that's not talking about how mortal instruments was originally a harry potter incest fan fiction yeah do you know did you not know this new 
This, I've never, no, I would this not. This feels like a thing that you would know, but <laughs> did you not read the Moral Instruments? Oh, so, oh I did. So Cassandra Clare was famously originally a fan fiction writer. Um, and she wrote a Ron and Ginny incest oh. fanfic. That oh. was the first draft of City of Bones. Which is fucking crazy. But was also maybe plagiarized. I don't even know. There's also, I, work. there's also a bunch of plagiarism things with, with Cassandra Clare as well. Um, it's crazy. The girls like, do not support Cassandra Clare. No. <laughs> even though I, remember, I loved those books for like a period of a couple months. <laughs> you know? Say, yeah. I was gonna say, I read the first three of them and I was like, God, I love these shits. And then I found that out and I was like, and we're done. <laughs> we and are done. <laughs> You're done. A yep. book series that would have been better if they stuck to the trilogy, and then she just kept writing. I know, and they and got like offshoots and like different time periods. And I was like, you didn't world shit. I was like, all yeah. right, like you didn't world build well enough to do this. Oh no, no, no. But um, yeah, no. It's actually crazy that she got catapulted to fame after doing something like that. I hate her. Anyway, all my homies hate Cassandra Clare. All my homies hate Cassandra Clare. And that's why it is crazy to have these social leaders in any sphere we're in because they don't have to do good things to be thrown into positions of, guess what? Leadership. It is. I mean, that Great is. Circle I back. mean, that is something that Great really interesting back. that happens with fandom is like fandom automatically creates leaders yep. out of artists. And artists are not prepared to be leaders or... No, they don't always ask. And, like, some artists, like, want, like, to and, like, have, like, a social um, motivation and that that prepares them to be, like, activists and leaders. But, like, also sometimes that's thrust upon them. I'm thinking about how Rick Riordan is handling the Israel-Palestine conflict. Oh, no. I have not well. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, go into this Mm. a lot on here. Um... But, like, I'm talking about more the fact that, like, he has to comment on it. No, completely. Where it's just, like, I didn't love the way Rick Ryan commented on it. Whatever. Uh, But this is someone who was given a leadership position upon him. And I'm not saying that these people don't have responsibility. Like, even, like, and J.K. Rowling, even as an example, is, like, she is does not have a responsibility to be a moral paragon because she wrote books that people like. Yeah, right. She does have a responsibility not to be a bigot, like as a person, <laughs> right? But like beyond her personal beliefs, she is she has taken on the role of like she's accepted that leadership and being like, I'm gonna use this for evil. Yeah. But like I don't necessarily believe that artists are owed accepting that leadership right i agree with that completely because like it is crazy how now because like with there is available for you to research every little aspect of someone's life and like who they are as a person just because you like things that they make also like the the modern um celebrity is a lot different than what it used to be. And there are still like classic celebrities who just like, don't really 
like divulge their personal life, but there are entire legions of celebrities that got where they are because they overshared publicly. Yeah. Like, and like, that's their whole thing. So now it's like made it a lot more normal for them to have to share, have to like lead people in a certain direction and like share their opinions on things because there are people who are famous only for like being the, like oversharing about themselves and not like ever doing I mean, I guess it's art in its own way. It's been like a weird shift from tabloid culture to influencer culture in which you went from you become a celebrity and then your life is open to the public to have to open your life to the public to become a celebrity. Yeah. Very different. They are flipping a sentence around, but they're very different structures. I also just read the Britney book. It's And I've been thinking about this a lot. Like the paparazzi were like tearing into your life like that when you were a celebrity but now you're expected but now to you're, do it yourself. you're expected to do it yourself and you also get control of the narrative of like what you choose to share so then yeah. when like i oh my god it, in niche internet history there was a guy named gus johnson who was a, a big youtuber a big commentary youtuber so i would actually like say leadership position because he would like he had a fan base of people who would watch his YouTube videos where he made takedown videos, basically, like just like, you know, criticizing someone for doing something wrong. And they were normally doing something wrong, like a different internet personality or something Mm -hmm. and would like lead his fans to stop supporting that person. Sometimes they would like leave comments and stuff. Like it was like a whole, like he was definitely had a big influence over his fan base. And then it came out that he was, I won't get into details, but like really like abusive to his girlfriend and it's like, wow, you had a job of being a professional oversharer, but because you, we get control of what people see now, then you, you like truly never really know, even if it feels like, you know, every little thing about who you're watching yeah. and like that you can trust them as a leader. Like then something like this comes out and it's like, oh, they just weren't going to share that with you. Yeah. And now he's trying to upload videos again. It's comical. I'm like, babe, time to just go time to go get a nine to five. Like you yeah. don't need to continue to do this. I mean, it's it's partially the the Britney question. The when Britney Spears became was starting to become famous, people started shitting on her, being like, "You're you sh- you're supposed to be a role model. Why are you so like you're being sexual and provocative and like you're inviting the the male gaze?" And it's like, and she like talks about this in her book, and we just kind of know this culture that is like she's just performing, and she's performing in a way that she would like to perform. And she's comfortable performing uh, up to an extent. And you would, the, there's a whole, the Brady question is deeper. So this was kind of a bad example. But like, mm-hmm. it, was it Britney Spears' responsibility to be a role model? No. Yeah. No, these celebrities mm-hmm. are not, we should not be holding them to a standard of being a role model. However, they do have a social capital that they are responsible for. Yeah, and you know who misuses his social capital? Caligula. Yes. Infamy. Oh. Infamy. Huge infamy. It took a long time to get around to that, though. I was so literally. This like, is the stupidest, longest tease ever. At the end of the chapters, when it was finally just like said out loud, I was like, thank God, we're here. Okay, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we been new. I I'm win. Glad we just came out and said it. Yeah. Thanks for coming out, Caligula. <laughs> no, he doesn't yeah, deserve to be. 
has a talking horse. He has a talking horse. I did look up the um because I needed to support a theory that was motivated by this chapter that like I said, this man feels like a demon twink. And then I looked up the art of him and he is. Braden is like tapping his chest right now. Like I knew it in my heart. I know that, that was more of that's more just like a, a anxious tick, but no, but I um, like to think of it the other way. Uh, but like I now I need to make sure you guys see this because I need to be vindicated. That's hilarious because I've never seen I don't know. Ooh, big yawn. I've never seen even like a portrait of Caligula, and I've heard so many. Oh no, because this is not how I, how Caligula is even represented generally. But like, oh, okay, demon, like not generally like outside of Percy Jackson, but like, oh my god, <laughs> demon twink. It looks the worst. Incredible art. Incredible art. Viewers, or nope, you're not viewers. Listeners, hey. Um, Look up Caligula Percy Jackson. That's what Braden typed in, I think. Yeah. yeah. Or you probably already know because y'all are more, more, than us. <laughs> are more entrenched in the fandom than we are. It's so true. Uh, I f- we can't be too entrenched in the fandom because then we'll spoil things for ourselves. Exactly. That's so real. We're doing it out of our own safety. Like how I know, like how I know who dies in this book. <laughs> oh, fuck you for that. In this know. book? Oh my god. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. We already talked about this, right? We or, did. Yeah. I just forgot. Or maybe I said No, you said, said I thought it was in this book. It is in this book. Someone will die by the end of this book. <laughs> Rot row. They're in this room. <laughs> oh maybe my god. Me. <laughs> Guys. What are our sass moments? What are our sass moments? Okay. Well, just breezing past that. Um <laughs> I was very into a part that I did read at the beginning of this episode, which is the opener to chapter nine. And I quote, oh, villainy. That's it. And I think that's so funny because it was like, who's going to say that? Like, come on, dramatics, you know, it did make me laugh. Apollo's going through it. But like anytime that he complains about his position and like we just always hear something like horrible about meg's backstory that just totally undercuts whatever apollo's upset about yeah yeah um mine is grover explained what we heard in the dumpster then he backed up and explained why we'd been in a dumpster then he explained how i'd wet my pants and that's why why i was wearing hot pink camo oh all the dry hands nod as if this was the real question that had been bothering them it would have been the real question bothering me mine is Melly's face clouded over, which was unsurprising since she was a cloud. Yeah. Come on, Delilah. And I also liked, um, I didn't I didn't note this down, but like she seemed to be dreaming of her days as a single cloud. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, literally, ladies, y'all ever dreaming about your days as a single cloud? Because I <laughs> so frequently it was good also an honorable mention to the repeating um all horses talk joke oh my god i know (laughs) 
Okay, she was getting so scandalized. She was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm like, what do you mean? All of her? Yeah. Um, who are our offerings for? Mine is for Piper. <laughs> there for four five seconds. Mine is a lot for me. Mine is for a friend of ours that got a name drop. Um, but we haven't seen him. And Apollo actually mourns the fact that we don't get to see him. Marcus Aurelius. You will love that bitch. He's just the best option. Okay. <laughs> and that's that, folks. No, because I'm 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 not about to stand any Roman Emperor, you know. But he was just the best of the bunch. I don't know. Not- it kind you've talked about him enough that I feel like you might be standing a little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little. Okay, guys, maybe a little bit. I was tied between Melly and Meg, but I think it has to be Meg. Yeah. He just, oh my God. This poor girl. This poor girl. She would love Fizz. <laughs> she would. Sorry to Meg's dad. Sorry to this man. He wasn't like a character though. Yeah. Also, he's, he died he's a, a lot of eyes. He's been dead for a yeah, while. He die in these like chapters. Sorry, he got a name. Phil Philip. It was Philip, yeah. Philip Philip. Philip with two L's specifically. Honorable mention. Honorable mention, but like we've known he's been dead, and his death scene wasn't even like recounted in this. Yeah, he's still alive. He lost his life work, but he's still alive and he should be grateful. <laughs> I'm voting off the horse that can talk. I don't like it. Bad vibe. No. Bad energy. No, the horse that can talk has incredibly bad. Uh, no. It's giving Bojack Horseman in a way no. I don't like. Yes. No, it's not. Yes. I literally imagined it in Bojack Horseman's voice. That's exactly it. Like, yes. I, no. I can't picture an actual horse. All I'm picturing is Bojack. Well, yep. fuck you guys. I imagined him as Maximus from Tangled. And so I like that this. That horse can't talk. Yeah, and but horse who knows his place. But what if and that place is not speaking? <laughs> but what if no? Okay, he's spirited in the exact same way, and I just think that if Maximus could talk, it would be him, and I really like that guy. He's clearly evil, though. Yeah, but like uh, evil schmevil. Who do you vote off then? Oh, Caligula. <laughs> Okay, great. Glad you did that. I'm also voting the horse off. Oh, no. Wait, Caligula's <laughs> worse. <laughs> if it wasn't, if you did not pick Caligula, I was like, then someone has to pick him. But like, now that you have, it's horse. Beat up. Okay, horse. I like the horse. <laughs> There's a horse in the hospital. There are yeah, a lot of memes about horses. Not horses. <laughs> we love horses as a culture. We don't get into yeah. that. Let's talk about yeah. it. Well, I think there were cultures before us that liked him a lot more. That's true. We don't need him as much. Yeah. <laughs> liked him. Well, okay, quote of the day. Flop. What are horse doing for us? Okay, glue. Shut Brayden. Brayden. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> You're a vegetarian. I am. <laughs> Making jokes about that. I guess vegans are the ones who are actually. We still be racing horses like that's okay either. We said dogs, yeah. that's bad. Horses, that's cool. fine. Yeah. I guess they do be running. 
Like, I guess they do be running no matter what. Maybe people view it as better because there's a person also on the horse. So it's like, yeah. it's the, so equal, it's like, the, person the danger is kind of divided. Yeah. People do typically no, ride the horse, horse is racing. The horse is racing for sure. The person is trying to take credit for it. Yeah. That's true. The person didn't, it's fine. It doesn't, this doesn't. That's all for this week, folks. <laughs> Join us next week. We'll be discussing chapters 13 through 16. Follow us on social media. We are at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. And we also have a coffee account and a Redbubble store and a website, www.returntocamp.com. Braden just got up from where he's sitting in a kind of a threatening way. Is he trying? Yeah, that confused me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.